Introduction On the popular judgment that may be right in theory, but does not hold good in the praxis. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Editor's Note For the purpose of this recording, in order to reflect the complete essay as written by Kant, and at the same time to render it as intelligible as possible, I have recorded the introduction and first section from John Robertson's 1798 translation of this work. However, for parts two and three, I have used Hastie's translation from 1891 from his book Kant's Principles of Politics, including his essay on Perpetual Peace, a contribution to political science. The reason for this is that Hasty in his work does not present the essay as a whole, and further uses subject headings which detract from the unity of the work. However, Hasty's translation is far more accessible to the modern reader or listener, and is therefore much preferable for this kind of work. D. E. Whitcower, 6th February, 2007 End Editor's Note On the popular judgment, that may be right in theory, but does not hold good in the praxis. Introduction From Essays and Treatises on Moral, Political, and Various Philosophical Subjects by Immanuel Kant Translated by John Richardson, 1798 Introduction The aggregate of even practical rules is denominated theory, when these rules, as principles, are thought in a certain universality, and thereby is extracted from a multitude of conditions, which necessarily have influence on their exercise. Conversely, not every handicraft, but only that attaining of an end, is named praxis, which is thought as the observance of certain principles of procedure represented in the general. It is evident that between the theory and the praxis, a medium of connection and of transition from the one to the other is still required, let the theory be ever so complete. For, to the conception of understanding, which comprises the rule, must be superadded an act of judgment, whereby the practitioner discriminates whether something be the case of the rule or not. And, as rules, by which the judgment could take its measures in the subsumption, cannot always be given, because that would go to the infinite, there may be theorists who never in their lives can become practitioners, because they want judgment. For instance, physicians or lawyers, who may have prosecuted their studies successfully, but who, when they are to give advice, do not know how to proceed. But where this gift of nature is even to be met with, there may yet be a want of premises. That is, the theory may be incomplete, 
and the complement of it obtained, perhaps, but by experiments and experiences to be made still, from which the physician, the farmer, or the financier, on quitting his school, ought to abstract rules for himself, and render his theory complete. The theory, however, was not to be blamed if it did not suffice to the praxis, but the fault was that theory enough did not exist, which the man ought to have learned from experience, and which is real theory, though he is not able to communicate it, and, as a teacher, to propound it systematically in universal positions, consequently can lay no claim to the title of a theoretical physician, farmer, etc. Nobody, therefore, can pretend to be practically versed in a science and at the same time despise the theory, without exposing himself to be held and ignorant in his own province, believing, by groping in experiments and experiences, without collecting for himself certain principles, which constitute that properly named theory, and without having reflected on his business as a whole, which, when one proceeds in this methodically, is termed a system, to make more progress than the theory would permit. It is, however, more supportable that an ignorant should give out theory as unnecessary, and which may be dispensed with in his opinionative praxis, than that a skillist should admit of it and of its use in the schools, in order to exercise the understanding only, but maintain at the same time that the praxis is quite of another nature, that when one quits the school and goes into the world, one perceives void ideals and philosophical reveries to be followed. In a word, that which is right in theory is of no validity for the praxis. It is often expressed thus, this or that position is valid, it is true in thesi, but not in hypothesis. Were empirical mechanists to pronounce in this manner on universal mechanics, or bombardiers on the mathematical doctrine of the throwing of bombs, that the theory in these sciences is indeed nicely excogitated, but is not at all valid in the praxis, because in the execution experience gives quite other results, they would be but laughed at, for, if to the former were superadded the theory of friction, to the latter the resistance of the air, consequently, but more theory in general, they would harmonize perfectly with experience. But the case is quite different with the theory which concerns objects of intuition than with that in which objects are represented but by conceptions, with objects of mathematics and of philosophy, the latter of which perhaps may easily be thought and without censure on the part of reason, but perhaps not at all given, but may be void ideas merely, of which no use whatsoever would be made in the praxis or a use even disadvantageous to it. Therefore, that popular judgment may in such cases be perfectly correct. But in a theory which bottoms upon the conception of duty, the apprehension on account of the void idealness of this conception ceases entirely, for it would not be duty to proceed on a certain effect of the will, if this were not possible in experience too, 
whether it be thought has accomplished, or continually approaching to the accomplishment, and this sort of theory only is the subject of the present treatise. For it is not seldom pretended of it, to the scandal of philosophy, that what may be right in it is, however, not valid for the praxis, and, indeed, in an imperious, disdainful tone, full of presumption, willing by experience to reform reason in that even in which it places its greatest honor, and with an arrogated wisdom and mole's eyes which are fixed on experience, imagining to be able to see farther and better than with eyes which have fallen to the share of a being made to stand erect and to behold the heavens. This maxim become very common in our times, rich in sentences but poor in facts when it concerns anything moral, duty of law or of ethics, occasions the greatest mischief. For here we have to do with a canon of reason in the practical field, where the value of the praxis rests entirely upon its suitableness to the theory upon which it is built, and all is lost when the empirical and by consequence fortuitous conditions of the execution of the law are made conditions of the law itself, and thus a praxis, which is calculated on a probable issue according to a precedent experience, becomes entitled to master the theory subsisting of itself. This treatise is divided according to the three different stations, from which the man of honor, accustomed to pronounce so boldly on theories and on systems, is wont to judge his object. Consequently, in a threefold quality. First, as a private man, but a man of business. Second, as a statesman. Third, as a man of the world, or a citizen of the world in general. These three personages are unanimous in falling upon the schoolman, who elaborates theory for them all and for their greatest good, in order, as they believe themselves better qualified to send him to his school, ila se yake in aula, as a pedant who, spoiled for the praxis, but stands in the way of their experienced wisdom. We shall therefore represent the relation in which the theory stands to the praxis in three sections. First, in moral in general, with a view to the good of every man. Secondly, in politics, with reference to the good of states. Thirdly, in a cosmopolitical consideration, with a view to the good of the human species in general, so far as it is engaged in advancing to that good in the series of generations of all future times. But the titles of the sections will be expressed, for reasons which unfold themselves in the treatise itself, by the relation of the theory to the praxis in moral, in the law of states, and in the law of nations. End Introduction on the popular judgment that may be right in theory but does not hold good in the praxis by Immanuel Kant. This recording is in the public domain.